Hello, welcome to Yelling at Birds. Matt here. I hope, hopefully you're doing, all doing well tonight. Um, it's been a little bit. I know I have a few videos loaded up, but I'm just kind of struggling with the uh, editing process, and I just do that and give up a little bit. But um, I wrote something last month about my um, two years, two years of sobriety, and I wanted to make a video about that too, um, just to kind of you know, hopefully there, you know, there, if there's somebody else out there that is uh, making that choice to not drink or, you know, tackle any other addictions that they have to kind of, to, you know, what I, what I learned from it, what I felt as I was going through it. Um, and maybe that can be uh, helpful. Uh, really the whole, what this whole thing is about is me just kind of not unloading burdens, but just kind of going through what, you know what I've learned, my experiences, and hoping hoping that that resonates with somebody out there. And you know I would I know that obviously this year has been very challenging on everybody. Everyone is, you know, you're living with a higher level of level of stress, like constant stress than than you're used to. Um, even if your job hasn't been affected, your life hasn't been affected that much. There's always this veil of worry. That's, that's over everybody. Um, regardless of what you think, what your beliefs are, what you um, choose to take seriously, not take seriously, there's always just, just this overlying what if um, from, from all the news and everything happening. But uh, so it's been, you know, two years and, and one month. And basically, you know, everybody knows about, you know, you've heard about like step programs about uh, various you know things that people would do or communities that people would be a part of when they're making that decision to stop drinking. Um, I mainly was in the smart uh, smart groups, and uh, they take more of a scientific approach as a, as opposed to um, AA, which they do lean on religion a little bit more. Um, not saying one's better than the other. Different groups resonate for different people, and. For some people, it's neither of those, and it's something completely different. But um, pretty much the phases that I went through uh, initially, and you know, since I haven't just been in trouble one time um, with with my drinking, so I've gone through certain phases a few times. And why it was different this time, I don't know. I think this time I was a little bit more allowed myself to be a little more vulnerable. Vulnerable. Um, opened up, I opened up more to family and friends and I was more vocal about what I was struggling with and what I was going through. This podcast being part of it and I didn't necessarily start this um, start this with the intention of it being a recovery podcast or anything like that, you know, more towards mental health uh, but that's what I have the most experience with. So, and I know I haven't been consistent lately with this, but I think the uh, the world's been anything but consistent this past year for, for a lot of people. And I have to kind of forgive myself a little bit with that. So let's just walk right through. So the phase one for me was the decision. So, um, and then if you're, if you're listening, so I'm, I'll post this on, um, Apple, Apple podcasts and everything too. So if you're listening, I'm wearing Charlie shirt. 
So you'll have to watch me on YouTube or Facebook to see what Charlie shirt is. One of the Charlie shirts. Anyway, um, phase one was just the decision. It was for me, um, that day I got, uh, two years ago, you know, two, two plus years ago that I was pulled over and arrested. I had a weekend to think about it. I had a weekend where I was just, you know, by myself in jail in a holding room. And that's, you know, about two days of nothing, two days of no, you know, no reading materials, no phone, no anything, just no other people, just me in a, you know, a three by six, three by six, three by seven foot room um, with a, a toilet and a little raised thing and a pad for a bed. And that's it. You know, a lot of people have been through a lot worse than that. But so two days, you kind of go through a lot of feelings, obviously, you know, for one thing, you just sober up while you're in there and go through the physical feelings of that. But, you know, at that moment, I had a choice, you know, for what I was doing, or, you know, I could choose to continue, I could choose to get out of this one again, deal with the whatever consequences, and then continue to make the same decisions. Um, I didn't see that as a valid option, because I think that regardless of how well I could, I could have hidden, um, obviously I can't hide that. It was in the paper, family, friends and family knew about it, um, but regardless of that part of it, if I were to continue, I don't know how much longer I would have been around. You know, something, I'm lucky so far that I haven't killed anybody or I haven't been seriously injured with my decisions. So phase one was that decision, kind of the initial shame, the initial, what the fuck am I doing here again? I can't believe I did this again. So you kind of beat yourself up quite a bit and you just have to make that choice of whether or not you want to stop or not. Do you want to stop? Do you want to continue letting something control your life? And, you know, thankfully I made the, the choice that I, that I wanted to stop, that that was enough. Um, you know, there's, you know, one path that's hard that involves a lot of discussions, a lot of tough, difficult dis discussions with family and friends, a lot of openness, a lot of vulnerability. And then the other path is just saying what you want, saying what you think everybody wants to hear, just enough to get them off your back again to continue. And then that path is, you know, I saw that path was early death or that path, path was prison. Or that path was I killed, I, I, you know, choose to drink and drive in the wrong night in the wrong time and I end up killing, killing somebody or hurting somebody. So the path to continue drinking just wasn't there. I eliminated that right away. And it's a desperate situation. So desperation is good and can be good, a force of good in some, in some instances because it's really the elimination of options. And it's almost freeing to not have as many options in certain circumstances because I have no choice, you know, I can choose to continue struggling. Um, either way is gonna be a struggle, you know, so I can continue, continue struggling while actively destroying myself and destroying relationships around me, or I can continue to struggle 
with while being while inviting more people in while talking to more people while expressing actually expressing myself so phase one was the choice so then and then phase two which is for me was and everybody will go through this as well if you give up something if you give up something that if you give up actively poisoning your body with something your body's going to start to shed itself of those and it's different obviously for alcohol and nicot nicotine heroin you know any other stuff substance or activity or drug it's different the timelines but you go through a phase where your body starts to kind of get used to shed itself of those toxins and you start to feel really good and it's rewarding and you still have so i always i always screwed up but it's Basically, you know, looking looking at the world through rose-colored glasses or rose-colored lenses. This is this is like the rose-colored lenses phase, where, you know, you you have that instant motivation right away. You wake up, you have energy, you're excited, you haven't felt that way in years. You're so happy you made that decision. You're talking to new people. Everyone around you is supportive and vocal and happy and and proud of the de decision that you've made. Um, and that's really the time when you really need to be the most vulnerable and you really need to do what you need to do to set up a structure that's going to um, kind of sustain you and be there for you if you, you know, find yourself wanting to revert back to some of those choices. Or if you happen to make, you know, if you happen to exit, you know, fall back into using again, you have that structure there to help to kind of support you so you don't fall all the way down and you can kind of pick yourself up a little bit quicker. But that is, you know, going to, you know, finding meetings that are good for you, uh, being vulnerable and, and communicating with friends and family for support, finding things that you enjoy doing, activities that you enjoy doing so that, you know, when you get hit that moment, you know, being creative, learning new skills, doing that life thing, exploring new areas, learning new, learning new things. That's really the time because you have just motivation on tap and you have a lot of people around you that are very happy for you, that are very happy and supportive of the decisions that you're making. So, and that being said, there's some people that that's a phase when you have to cut a lot of people out of your life and that's can be difficult. Um, but phase, phase two, uh, you know, I think average it's about six months, maybe the first six months you make that decision. And if any of you out there are nearing that like six month threshold, I'm sorry, but you know, phase three, the work that you do in phase two is because phase three is when reality really sets in. Because after phase two, you know, you move into, I've heard somebody say it in a meeting, um, they use the acronym SOBER son of a bitch, everything's real. So you get past the rose-colored rose glasses phase and then you wake up one day and you're tired or you feel like you don't have as much energy as you used to or um, something's off like because like you start to think like is this it? Like am I really just, did I give up drinking or whatever you're doing to just like exist in this world where people are fighting, where everyone's stressed, where I have to go to work every day, where, so you wake up one day and you realize that you don't have that instant motivation. That's where all of the work 
of phase two starts to pay off because hopefully you've kind of built that structure in your life where you kind of, you know, you, you know, you wake up and you feel regardless of how you feel, you know, all right, well, I got to go to the gym and, or go for a walk or go for a run, or this is when I journal, this is when I write, or th these are the people that I would call if I'm feeling a certain way. And if you have that set up, that can that'll help you greatly when you're moving beyond that first initial body's happy, you're energized, you're excited. There's a lot of people around because it's kind of the, it's not just your body and your feelings or your emotions, but it's everyone around you too. And it's not anyone's responsibility to make sure that you're okay. That's completely your responsibility to um, continue doing the things that you need to do to be ha happy with yourself. And it's really hard for a lot of people um, because everyone else around you is all living their own lives and their lives are as vivid and complex as yours is to you. So when you hit that, you know, you hit that time frame, some of those people that are supportive or checking in or communicating, they might start to just kind of just naturally migrate back to their own lives and you might not hear from them as much as you did before. And that, that's the same with anything. That's the same with any job change. Like that has nothing to do with your recovery or you as a person or your relationship with them. That's just how people are. You know, we, there's so much information and so many things going on in our lives that we can't possibly just continue to keep up and check in. I think people do what they can. I think people do the best they can with their attention. And, and hopefully if you have those friends, those family members that, you know, if you, Pop, if, they, if you pop into their head at, at a certain point, they know they can just message you and see how everything's going. Um, but just naturally at that, there's a certain phase where a lot of people will, maybe not a lot, but people will just start to naturally just migrate away from everything because everything's real now. Life just kind of becomes life. And you hit a certain point and people just kind of, through no fault of their own, just kind of the further you get away from that decision, the, the more they see you as just another person living their lives. And you can't see everybody struggle. And so they can't, if you wake up one day and you're struggling, there's not like a bat signal that goes out to everybody in your life to tell them, oh, I better check in with Matt. I bet he's probably not feeling good today. No, that's, that's impossible. So the work that you do in phase two and that first, those first six months, you know, really enjoy it. Really enjoy those, those feelings, those good feelings that you made a good choice and be proud of yourself. Um, and then phase three is that work. And I think phase three, that's just kind of the last one. And then I think it starts to, you have to look back and look back on those milestones, that first six months, that first year, that first two years, that first three years. Um, it's important to, 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 Kind of revisit those past phases and be proud of yourself because it's challenging there's no there's really no um directions there's no m manual to life so we're all figuring it out and we all have our things that we escape into and i don't know if i mentioned this in, a, in another video um, or if I wrote it, if, if it was in the thing that, in the last thing that I wrote, but 
I think that people with, it's corny to say that we're lucky to have such an apparent problem, but it, it is lucky in a way because I think everybody has, everybody has to have their own escapes that they like to do when they're stressed out or when they, when they can't, you know, when they're having difficulty coping with just everyday life. Some people paint, some people draw, some people bake, some people um, knit or whatever, video game, watch movies, um, which all of those things, if you start to do it at an, you, all of those things you can become obsessed with and start doing it at an unhealthy level. But addiction, alcoholism, when you start doing those at an unhealthy level, it creates a very apparent and real problem. Um, one where it's very, it's very apparent that you need to make a change with your life. If someone down the, and I always use baking as an example, let's say someone down the street bakes at an unhealthy level, they're just always baking, no one's gonna think like, holy shit, Jane should really calm down. Like, no one, no one dislikes the person that always like comes in with like fresh bread or, fre or like sends cookies around to their neighbors. Um, but what if that person never sees that as a problem and they're not exploring a certain part of their life where they could find more happiness? Um, I always kind of think about that a little bit. And that's why I think that, you know, yes, I wish I would have learned these things and I wish I would have made this decision a lot sooner. You don't even need hindsight. I mean, for 10 years I was making dumb decisions. Or, yeah, for 10 years I could have learned any at any point. Some people it takes longer, but I did. And so you get that, you get to that phase three, I think you should really um, just continue to be mindful of yourself, continue to be proud of yourself, continue to be forgiving of yourself if you don't have as, as much of a productive day as you would have hoped hope for. And if you're doing that right now, I mean, you're in the middle of a, you're in, in the middle of an election season of a pandemic, um, a lot of stuff. I know we're piling on 2000 on 2020 here <clears throat> as a, as being a, a pretty negative year, pretty bad year, but it's a year. It's another year, 2021. There's never any guarantee that once the clock strikes midnight on 31st that a new year and a new year starts that it's going to be any different life is going to continue to be life so whatever choices that you think you need to make um, any choices that you can make to um, start making your life better even without addiction um, you can make that at any time sooner the better on any of that stuff That's another thing that I learned over the last couple of years with through going to meetings, listening to people, a lot of the things that, that are talked about in recovery meetings, especially smart recovery meetings, they really just, they can, they can really be applied to anything in life. I mean, it's, you sit in a room with a bunch of people that you've never met. And what I hear are a room of people just trying to be happy not really, maybe they didn't learn how, or maybe they didn't have, maybe they had too much direction in one area or not enough or, but it's just a room full of people trying to find happiness, trying to make it, trying to not struggle. And 
trying to find enjoyment out of in their lives. And that's really what we're all doing here. Really. I think at our core, um, at our core, we all really want the same things. Like we all want to feel like a, we're a part of the community. We all want to feel, um, sometimes I do that and, and the word just like drops right out. Um, we all want to feel useful. We all want to feel connected. We all want to feel happy. We all, I think, want to feel like we're making a difference in some way, shape, or form. I think we just, we just disagree on how that, how that happens, how that should happen, what the best way to, um, best way to be productive, or in which areas should we be the most productive. But really, I mean, we're all, we're all just trying to figure it out. We're all just trying to live our lives and and find happiness and joy. And that's the other thing that's important in, in phase three or whatever phase you're in is you got to find joy in life. It's not easy. We don't know what's going on in anybody's lives. Even, you know, somebody that seems like they have it all, that they're successful, they not a care in the world. We have no idea what it's like to be them. So all we can all all we can really do and all we really know is what's going on in our lives. So do do what you can to find joy. Do what you can to make um, anyone's day better because you're involved in it. If you have an interaction with somebody, know that you know that we're all only living our lives. We're the only people living our lives. So we're the ones that have to be have to. We're the ones that have to be responsible for our own happiness. You can't be responsible for someone else's. You can do what you can not to make it more challenging for someone else to find happiness, but that's that's all our own responsibilities. Uh, yeah, I think that's all I have. I appreciate you being here. I'll try to do more of these. I'll try. Um, but... Um, Love to do more interviews. I haven't really thought about it for a little while. I've been just kind of, I found myself falling back into some, some, some mental states um, when I was using, when I was drinking more. And that's uh, more isolation, more um, kind of tucking away. But I think a lot of us have been feeling that lately that I shouldn't really be too hard on myself with that. But anyway, stay safe out there. Talk to your family members, talk to your friends, be open, be good to yourself, and just be kind to others. Have a good night.